Hello and welcome to the Fish on Ted podcast, where we talk about the business of hunting and fishing. Well, hello, this is Ted Johnson with the Fish on Ted podcast, and I want to thank everybody for taking the time out of their day today to listen to this interview with a really interesting guy who is a charter captain in upstate New York. His name is Rick Petchy, and he's with the Dreams Come True Charters. And without me elaborating a whole lot more, let's just bring Rick in at this point. Rick, are you there? Yes, how are we doing? <laughs> We're doing really well. How about you? Oh, it's great. Great, uh, great to be all the way out here on the East End. <laughs> I'll, I'll bet. Well, Merry Christmas to you. We're uh, recording this just... Uh, at the uh, end of 2018, just before the 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 uh, Christmas week coming up, and and uh, up and up upstate New York, you guys have snow yet? Yes, absolutely, lots of snow uh, up here in the, the Tug Hill, and uh, you know I'd say Merry Christmas right back at you. And right now we're going to be getting into some warmer temperatures this weekend, but then we're going to get smashed right back into the snow again. Oh wow! Well, that's uh, that that's life in upstate New York, is it not? Yep. Wait five minutes, and the weather will change. That's New York. <laughs> <laughs> very, very good. Very good. Well, well, Rick. Hey, um, just a, a background on you a little bit for our listeners. How in the world did you ever catch the fishing bug? Um, it started when I was really young. Um, my uh, my uncle had taken me fishing uh, when I was. And I, and I literally remember this. He took me when I was like four years old. And I remember um, catching bluegills on uh, a side of a lake called Hinkley Lake. And that, that memory stuck in my head. I don't know why. And ever since then, um, you know, his son had taken me along uh, for trout fishing, my cousin Tommy. And yeah. used to take me out all the streams and stuff like that when I was really young before I could actually go out on my own. And it just was you know, the most amazing thing for me. I just, I was just drawn to fishing. I was drawn to trout, you know, um, just like a magnet. I don't know, you know, you know what it is, but, uh, just in an amazement of, of the, uh, experience. Oh, that's cool. So you, you grew up in upstate New York then? Yeah. Born and raised here in Sumption, New York, uh, out of Utica, New York. And, you know, fished a lot of the local trout streams that are around here. Some, some class A, really nice, you know, uh, good trout streams with, with fish, you know, can exceed over 20 inches here. So uh, it was a good starting point for my life. Oh, absolutely. So a, a rod in one hand and a net in the other and four years old, um, that, uh, that, that's, a, that's a recipe for the uh, making of a fishing charter guide, isn't it? Well, uh, it is, and I and I commend anybody, any father, anybody out there—father, mother, cousin, uncle, grandfather—you know—to get your kids out in the in the you know wilderness, on the streams, in the in the rivers and lakes and the woods, and anybody that's raised in the outdoors is is going to be a a different person, and we really need that back into our industry. Amen. I I couldn't agree more. So when uh, when did do you start then the dreams come true charters? Now you now again you fish on Lake Ontario, uh, but then you also have a drift boat where you fish what the Salmon River uh, in the off. Yeah. Uh huh. 
Yeah, I do. Uh, I, I fish pretty much um, all year round. I mean, it's a rotating, uh, you know, big charter boat on the lake and then drift boat, you know, after the big boat gets put in. And, and then they're both out at a one small period in the spring for, you know, the walleyes and uh, the big lake fishing. But, uh, you know, we do, uh, you know, salmon, steelhead, uh, you know, uh, coho salmon, chinook salmon, Atlantic salmon lake trout, you know, steelhead, um, all that stuff on the lake. And then, um, you know, the steelhead and salmon and brown trout in the rivers, uh, right. you know, and then we do it like that. Right. And then walleye. Yeah, I'm just amazed at the diversity of species that you have in, in your part of the world. I mean, and and the amount of fish that you catch on on Lake Ontario is, is just absolutely amazing. Uh, for people that like mm. the salmon fish and that sort of thing that are restricted now on the on the west coast to what one fish a day and five fish total and all the the other restrictions that they put on it you you might want to set your sights to uh, head back east a little bit because uh, you don't you're not having to uh, deal with all those uh, restrictions right now are you Rick? Uh, no actually we're coming off um, a five-year um, uh, kind of like a, a five-year run of uh, our best salmon fishing in the in the history of the salmon program even way back in the 70s we had beat the record um, this will be uh, two times now in the last five years being this year um, was 200 and something percent over the highest amount of salmon ever taken on the lake in its history that's amazing. Um, which is astro astronomical numbers. I mean, I, I couldn't even begin to tell you the amount of fish that we got into this year. On a typical charter day, you know, we were into anywhere from 20 to 40 bites. And, uh, you know, depending on how many your clients land, as just astronomical numbers. You know, you're talking 60 to 80 bites a day running you know, spoons or, you know, flashes and flies or double and triple and quadruple. And I mean, it was, it, it, it was the best fishing I've ever seen in my life. And I've been there, you know, uh, over 30 something years. So it's absolutely incredible fishing. That, that is amazing. Now, what can you attribute that to? Is it fish management uh, that, that's really starting to take off or, or what, uh, what has caused this increase in the amount of fish out there? You know, uh, I go to the uh, state of the lake meetings where the DC comes in and you know hit us with all the biology, uh, you know, biology and stuff about the lake. And me being on the lake for many years to see the stuff and the trends myself with my own eyes in it. And it seems this past you know history breaking year, nobody knows the factors behind it. We have no idea. The DC has no idea. They were just there. I mean, my. My assumption is I think a lot of fish stayed over and mm -hmm. didn't come in as three-year-olds. They came in as, as some four-year-olds. Um, I also think the uh, there's a lot of natural spawn happening. And, um, you know, being on the shore of Canada, they also do a lot of natural spawn uh, rivers there because they only have one hatchery, you know, that I know of that's, that's uh, working. And they do mostly all natural spawn where we have, you know, the big hatchery and, and we do less natural spawn, but uh -huh. you know, th there was something, I, you know, nobody really could put their finger on it. You know, our, our bait fish population's good, 
Um, but they're worried about a couple of bad winter years, 14 and 15, where the, the lake froze 97%, which was the only like third time in, in history of, of records, which is a long, long time. Um, so yeah, it was a, we don't really know. I mean, there's just so many different theories, you know, and, and I knew in the beginning of the season, considering we started catching Kings the first week in May and we never targeted brown trout after that because we were catching so many Kings that nobody cared about brown trout. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. You get those Chinook in the system and that's, uh, I mean, it, it, it looks like you're catching fish in the 30, maybe even what 40 pound range right now. Um, yeah, we, uh, we got some fish in the, in the mid thirties. I didn't hear, I didn't hear an official 40 pound this year. We had several last year. Um, but, uh, I know Michigan, um, had several 40 pounders and they had some really big fish this past season. Um, a lot of our fish were in the, you know, 22 to 32 pound class, which is typical three-year-olds, but, um, you know, they're, they're very healthy, very, very healthy. Just the, the body mass on them. They're just like all muscle. They're like, almost like, you know, football linebackers. They're just that, that good. You know, wow. there was some mid, mid 30, 30 pound class fish in there too. Right. Now your fish don't go out to the ocean and then come back a couple of years later. They're always in the uh, Great Lakes system, right? Yeah, they're, they're landlocked in the Lake Ontario. That's their ocean. Mm -hmm. um typical returns at at three years but not uncommon to take uh, -huh. uh juveniles at one year and we uh you know which we call one-year-olds or you know those are the jacks and then the teenagers which are two-year-olds and then the adults at three and then you know the grandpas at four you know with some big right. some big slobs but uh you know typically it's three-year-olds so you know it's a it's a good ratio mm -hmm. um you know, and then we have the koa was in there also. So that also adds to the, you know, excitement level. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to take a rabbit trail on you real quick here. I, I can imagine that we've got listeners out there going, I know this guy. Where, where, do, I, where do I recognize his voice from? And uh, you <laughs> have a, a real interesting past. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about uh, some of the things that you've done along with fishing that people may be recognizing you from? Well, I mean, I've, I've done a plethora of, of many different things. Uh, you know, I, I have a background in television. I have my own national television show, Northeast Great Outdoors. Uh, that was on, started in, uh, on the MSG network, and we moved to the Outdoor Channel for about six years, and yeah. then the Outdoor Life Network at the end, uh, you know, all nationally funded, you know, seen all across the country and, and in other countries. Um, and we had that following uh, for about 10 years and, you know, did everything out of the Northeast, fished uh, from freshwater to saltwater, everything from, you know, brook trout in the Adirondacks to, you know, catching monster blues off the coast here in the canyon out of uh, New Jersey and everything in between. So, um, and we had our own radio show stemming off of that and, um, you know, different things like that. You know, we got, won some awards and, you know, things like that. And they got into the New York State Outdoors and Hall of Fame and, you know, just uh, stuff that I never really thought I was going to be into, you know. But as we went along and, 
you know, our lifetime, we just started, uh, you know, getting more noticed by uh, all kinds of different things. So we, we got involved. That is amazing, man. And, and you were saying to me that this started uh, at, at a, for you at a really young age. Is that right? Yeah, I actually remember back at four years old, my first fishing trip, and I, I could see it as of right now. We're fishing on some rocks off of Hinkley Lake in New York, and my uh, my cousin Tommy and his dad, my uncle uh, um, Tommy, and uh, we were fishing for bluegills. And I remember a bluegill sliding, sliding in between the rocks, and I spent all morning trying to get that poor bluegill out of there because it was just flopping around and I just <laughs> wanted to throw it back. That's what I wanted to throw it back. And, you know, and, and my uncle's like, uh, you know, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. So, um, right. but that, that stuck in my head, you know, for even till to this day, I still could see it. That and that just started my, yeah, it started my, uh, my path. Oh, that's cool. Well, and, and, and I was sort of alluding to, you know, the, the TV show, what, how old were you when all of that started? Um, we started dabbling in when I was 18 and it was really through my twenties into yeah. my thirties. Uh, we did, we did the radio series. We got to the, the, the largest network in the country for outdoors, which was the outdoor channel, which is versus now. Um, uh -huh. you know, in the midst of that, we had our own radio show on WIBX AM 950 that lasted for, uh, you know, a little over a year, all nationally, you know, sponsored and funded and, um, and then just everything kind of snowballed off of that. We got into a lot of um, testing for lure companies and, you know, obviously all the all the national sponsors we had, we were involved with, you know, all the testing rods and reels and, you know, all that good stuff. And, you know, I just kind of went on from there. And then once we got out of doing the television, uh, you know, from, you know, a couple of bad experiences, we ended up leaving that, which wasn't my path, I guess. And, that started out my charter business and you know this this is definitely what I was meant to do and you know every year it just gets bigger and better and um I love it I just love the the people and I and I love giving back to them you know where you know they're not just clients but uh I, I love you know teaching and you know yeah. I ran salmon school classes and stuff like that out in the lake and how to catch brown trout classes and you know all, all cool stuff like that oh that is that is great man that that is great you know one of the things that i talk about a lot is how important your job is to people uh when when it comes to uh you know enhancing it and, and putting spice and and memories in their life and, and i think about often you know, somebody lying on, on their, on their, you know, their deathbed in their late eighties or nineties, they're probably not thinking about the business deals that they had. You know, they're thinking about that 35 pound Chinook that you put them on 10 years ago on the lake, you know, and, uh, you know, I was to say, uh, you Ted, you hit the, the nail right on the head. Uh, you couldn't, you couldn't explain it any better. It's, uh, to me, that's what it is. Uh, it's, it's, these people leave, you know, again, I don't look at them as clients. I look at them as like, uh, you know, people that just want to, you know, learn and, and be out in the, in our great outdoors. And, you know, I tell you, I love to see the smiling faces and you're right. It's it, to them. It's, I, I hear stories all the time, you know, how a husband 
and wife go out and the wife catches the bigger fish and that's all she talks about all year. And her yeah. husband comes up to me and she goes, I don't care. She can catch all the fish she wants bigger than me. The best thing is that, you know, she's, she's smiling and she's happy, you know, and, and that's, that's all I care about, you know, and catching some fish is great. Being in the outdoors is even greater and spending yeah. with the, with people, you know, that uh, don't have that chance or privilege. I, you know, I love it. That, that's exactly right. You know, you go to people's houses and, and a lot of them will have that kind of family wall or they put, you know, their photos on the mantle or somewhere of their family. And hardly any of those photos, you know, have as the, the picture of the, the husband and wife or the husband or and or the wife, you know, in front of their business smiling. It's uh, it's the ones that they're holding all those fish, you know, with that great big smile smile on their face that's what they're that's what they're putting up there and that's you know yeah. you as an industry that's what you're delivering is you're delivering those memories and, and it's very very important work absolutely you know you're again hitting the nail on the head you know it's i take a ton of pictures and um it's always you know what i see around me you start landing a lot of fish or even not a lot of fish or even our first fish and the whole boat everyone's high-fiving each other and you know, yep. and they just forget about life for a little while and they get away from their, their, you know, nine to five job and, you know, really immerse themselves in the outdoors and, you know, the beauty of, of, you know, nature itself. I mean, what better office than going out on the lake on Lake Ontario in the morning as the sun rises or sets at night and just seeing that and people are so envious of me they're like, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're so blessed to be out here, you know, yes. and like, and I know I am, you know, it's, it's a great place to be. <laughs> you know, and that, that kind of brings up another point that a lot of people say, well, you know, and, 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 and yes, you are blessed to be out there. Um, but I hear a lot of comments of people going, gosh, what a great job that would be. All they have to do is fish all day. Well, that's only part of your day. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I, I do get uh, some people that, uh, you know, they say, wow, what a great thing to, to, to you know, that be your office. I mean, you know, it, it's a great thing until the actual work starts. And, you know, people people don't realize how early we get up in the morning, yeah. you know, they, they get there at 6, we're up at, you know, 3.30 because the trip yesterday, I broke two downriggers and I stayed up until one, two o'clock in the morning trying to fix them with black tape and, you know, a screwdriver or, or a down engine or, right. you know, cutting bait up or, you know, uh, taping up your, you know, a bunch of lures that you lost because that's the hottest spoon and they're not hitting nothing else. You know, they don't see the behind the scenes, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, a, a lot of work, but you get a lot of, you know, you know, payment back, you know, where it's the smile on the faces that keep me going. And, That's you know, right. you know, we don't, we don't make a lot of money, you know, it's not mm -hmm. about the money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a passion. So, you know, let, let, let's, uh, let's take a, what if, let's say that, that you had that uh, 10 year old nephew that you had been taking fishing for six years and you're sitting there and, and having a sandwich on a rock overlooking a little trout stream that you're fishing and, and, uh, he looks up at you and says, hey, Uncle Rick, you know, I'd really like to be a, uh, a fishing guide or a charter captain. 
he goes, do you have any, you know, words of wisdom for me? What, what would you tell him? Um, I actually have like a lot of people that asked me that question, actually, uh, some young, young guys, not too long ago getting in the industry. And, and all I could say is that, um, you know, you know, be, be, be humble and attentive to your clients. It is definitely worth your efforts to be in the outdoors. You're, you're in, you're in God's country and, yes. you know, doing some, some great things and, um, never talk or fish above your means. You know, don't, don't be a, you know, a type of person that, you know, uh, you know, blows themselves up more than they can give to the, to the mm -hmm. clients mm -hmm. and know that the, the clients come first and whatever they're, they want, you know, and, uh, you know, you, you're not gonna, you're not gonna have a better job, but it comes with a lot of, a lot of sacrifice and, and hard work. I mean, you know, we don't just sit on our boat you know, uh, you know, eating sandwiches. I mean, it's, there is a lot, a lot of work involved, not only on and in the boat, but, you know, advertising and websites and, you know, going to shows and, you know, uh, things like this, uh, you know, podcasts and social media. And, you know, it's a 24 hour day adventure. I'm always posting on Facebook and, you know, pictures and it's a never ending battle, but, uh, it's all worth it. I, I would say to anybody, you know, if you're going to get in the, in the business, you know, it's, it's a great venture, but it's, it's going to be a lot of work and you're going to have a lot of, a lot of pitfalls and some stuff you're going to have to learn and get by. But, you know, when, when it gets to a point where it smooths itself out, you know, it's amazing. And I know a lot of people do burn out depending on what they're involved in, you know, some people weren't really born to do it. You know, they were doing it because of the money. Well, you have to have that passion before anything. So Absolutely. you have to have the love. And, yeah. you know, for me, you know, I don't just love the fishing. It's who I am. You know, it's it's in the blood. It's it's like the old man in the sea, you know, that, that book. I can understand. I can understand that now, you know, what the meaning is behind that. Right, so, right. You know, that's, one of the that's things what I would tell. <laughs> yeah, and you hit a really good point there. Is that a lot of younger guys will get into the business and they'll they'll buy that sixty thousand dollar truck and the you know one hundred and twenty thousand dollar boat and then they have all the equipment and tackle and and stuff that they've got to put on it and, and they do it on credit and then all of a sudden you know they've got seven or eight thousand dollars a month going out that they have to. Uh, uh, and bring in each and every month and it sort of taints them in a way you know if the fish aren't there they're still kind of running trips when they maybe should be letting those clients know you know if we we postpone this a week or two you'll probably catch a whole lot more fish um, but they're out mm -hmm. there you know wetting the line and and it it's probably in the best of intentions but it's probably mm -hmm. driven also by the amount of debt that they're, they're carrying at the time yeah, I mean, there is there is some of that out there, you know, I mean, there is there is also a lot of things called egos that you know, obviously yes. every every form of uh, job has, you know, some people that are doing it for their own ego, you know, but um, again, you know, to each his own, uh, the, the clients mm -hmm. will end up sorting all that out and end up finding out who the, the real people they want to be with. And those are the ones you look around. Those are the ones that are booked every day. Those That's are the right. ones that 
are, are posting on the internet, you know, and they're giving uh, information to people. You know, there's so many people, there's so many charters and guides that don't give any information. They don't want, they don't talk to anybody. They're very secretive about everything. Um, I have my own following on Facebook where I do Facebook live. Um, I'm kind of a, you know, a, a comic icon on there. I have a whole spiel that I do that, it, you know, I do that. It's King time. It's King time. And, you know, being on TV all those years, it's like, I still, and I still, you know, want to drive that industry. You know, I really want to be a part of it's, it's, you know, you know, new come new coming and, and not it's demise, you know? So I try to, you know, emphasize it, get people to come up here and, you know, get back into the swing of things. And, uh, you know, if that's what it takes, you know, being a crazy guy on there and, you know, being in spotlight, so be it. You know, I've always done that. So, sure. You know, if you want a um, a lesson in how to interact with people, going to your website as a charter captain or a new charter captain, there's a lot of lessons to be learned because you know, when I go to your site, I always get the impression that Rick's a teacher, right? Because it not only talks about all the fish that you catch and and the testimonials, which is great, but then you've got a whole section on your website, you know, how to wrap a lure and, you know, what is the best way to catch a brown trout. Uh, there, there's a tremendous amount of really good information on your site. And is that something that you you come up with um, and, and keep posting? Or do you, do you hire a uh, Absolutely. Yeah. No, no, that's all done by me. Um, it's my, it's again, my passion. I, I, I always been uh the type of guy that i want people to come to lake ontario and the salmon river and to be a part of the things that i love to do uh-huh. and we need these people to come there we yeah. need to get this information and get it to people that you know aren't catching that many fish if they're not catching a lot of fish guess what they're, they're not going to come back and they're going to go do stuff out elsewhere and our fishery is going to die Right. You know, you need these young kids. You need you need the 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 glamour back into the sport fishing. Mm-hmm. You know, and and my my website in it's a work in progress always. So there's a lot of things I'm I'm going to be adding, a lot of river information. Uh, you know, float float fishing and um, you know that sort of thing. Uh, you know, and, and extensions of the fly fishing and bottom bouncing and. And then the, the extensive Lake Ontario information that I have will be, uh, you know, uh, doing um, uh, more intensive cut bait rigging and uh, seeing that cut bait's back in action now. Um, though it died out for a while, we got good cut bait again, and um, it's really came back in into a full entity. You know, it's just like it was back in the, you know, the 80s, you know, cut bait crazy here again. So, right. um you know, but if you don't get that information to people, you know, in, you know, just even a hundred charter boats is not going to be able to sustain the fishery. You know, right. you need 10,000 boats. You need people to, to get their money here and buy gas and buy tackle and buy boats and stay at the campgrounds and, you know, and, and, and this and that. And you can't do that by keeping all the information to yourself. So yeah. I've always been that way. I've, I've, yeah. I've been ridiculed for it and, you know, and it don't don't matter to me. That's a, that's my part of my passion. Yeah, absolutely, 
A absolutely. So, so you know, you fish for um, uh, all sorts of different salmonoids, uh, walleye, trout. What what is the species that kind of gets you out of bed in the morning? Going, holy smokes! You're like a kid in the candy store. We're going. We're going to go fish for this today. What what is that? Uh, you know, I, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a like a like a half a point difference between uh, King Lake Ontario Kings and Steelhead. You know, uh -huh. uh, they both have their you know, their, their thing, but I would say uh, all in all, I would still have to put, um, King, King fishing at Lake Ontario to be the top banana because it is the, it is the most difficult thing that you could do in, in the East coast to, to fish for the most technical, um, the most time consuming, you know, there, there's a lot of fisheries out there that, you know, you can, you could toss a you know a piece of donut on a hook and catch something. It, right. You know, salmon. In order you for you to be top banana, and there's a lot of big big names out of uh, our area that are that are huge on you know sport fishing and you know win these huge tournaments, which I don't really get into. But uh, you know, in in you know they're spending countless days and hours on the water, like myself, and and it's the, it's the passion in in the craziness of that species and it could be and and don't kid yourself it's been proven i've proved it a thousand times that you could be out there and it could be the color of one bead in your whole rig that will cause you to catch 20 fish or two fish that's right. i've seen it i've seen it every day when people don't believe that they're not understanding their species and exactly. i've done you know vast amount of research on Chinook salmon, and they, they are so nasty. They just, they just literally keep me awake. When you know, if I have a slow day, man, uh -huh. I, I'm, I'm there trying to going through the boat, and I'm looking at everything conceivable. You know, did I get some cleaning fluid on one of my downrigger balls? And I, you know, I mean, it really messes with me. I mean, that's, that's the draw, man. It's, it's different every minute, and it's right. just, it's just, oh, it just gives me the chills. <laughs> yeah, and 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 so steelhead is a really close second, right? Yeah, that's you know you're on the river, but um, again you're you're dealing with a lot of uh, adversity on the river. You know, water uh, temperatures, water um, fluctuations. You got a lot of pressure on the Salmon River. Um, so you know, one day it could be um, you're you're the hero, the next day you're a zero. You know, it's like mm -hmm. you got the you know, uh, blue egg sacks are going, you know, one day and the next day you can't buy a bite. You know, you got to drop down a size 16 or 18 stone flying them for, you know, yeah. and, and, and fish it super slow and, you know, just to, just to gain a bite, you know, so it's, it's another type of challenge, you know, for river, you know, river purposes. Right. Well, and, and one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is that the fight of those two different fish, the king salmon and the sealhead are so much different. The the kings will, at least in my part of the world, they're going to take you to the bottom and you're going to have to reel them up many times to get them to the boat. Oh, yeah. where, where the steelhead, you, you smack one of those and a lot of that fight is in the air because they're jumping and, and they're a real yep. active fish when they're hooked. Absolutely. Nutcases. They are, 
they are like a they, they are on a rainbow trout on, on on crack. You know, they're just all over the place. They they go so fast that you can't see your line zipping through the water. It's yep. just you know here going. <laughs> Uh, it's a, just amazing. It's a, you know, it's steelhead again. They they drive me literally batty and bananas, but not as bad as the kings. The kings is they just drive me crazy. I just you know I'm bald and I'm bald for a reason because you know I pulled I pulled thousands of my own hairs off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trying to figure those figure those little suckers out. You know they're they're a tough cookie, but you know when you're dialed in, man. You know, I, I just so happened to be, you know, lucky enough last year to, to, to be dialed in for about three weeks. And then, you know, everybody's coming to me trying to, you know, figure out what I'm doing and, and just these small little stupid tweaky things that you couldn't imagine that it makes that much of a difference. That's, and that's what I think separates, you know, a lot of fishermen from being a, you know, weekend guy to a professional is that, you know, and, and I didn't believe it at first either. You know, the use of scents and moon right. phases and all these crazy things. And, you know, how can color make it be a factor? How can a size of something be a factor? And, and all I could say is if you don't believe it, you're never going to get to the next level. Yep. You have to believe in everything. Do not discount anything anybody tells you. You know, take it with a grain of salt. Test it for yourself. Go out and do it, and you're going to say, wow, I can't believe it's because of this stupid red bead that we're yeah. catching all these fish. Yeah. Because we put out the same rigs on everything else, and they all have green beads, but the, this one has red beads, and we caught 20 fish in this one and nothing on the other ones. Yeah. Then you put one with that red bead on the other side, and that one starts firing. Then you put it out over here, and it starts firing over there, and you put it out over there, and it's just, and you got you're, you're saying to yourself, "Are you kidding? It's because of that one bead." And people yeah. say, yeah, "Yeah, you're crazy. You're crazy. There ain't no way." And I'm like, "Okay, well, you keep believing that, and I'll just keep filling my box." Uh, there you go. There you go. Now, now, hey, forgive this next question, but you're the one who brought it up. You uh, you mentioned about being the top banana in something. Now, are you a banana free or a banana friendly boat? You know what, uh, you know, I call baloney on the banana thing, you know, people, you know, I've had days where I've had a banana on my boat and yeah, we didn't do too well. And this year, um, I had a banana on the boat, a lady pulls out a banana and we had one of the, uh, most craziest days I've ever had on Lake Ontario. And, uh -huh. um, and the lady goes to me, oh, I guess it's not the banana. <laughs> <laughs> I started laughing. I'm like, oh, certainly not the banana. So, uh, yeah, uh, you know, the them saltwater guys, they won't even let you on the boat with a banana. I mean, you know, uh, I try yeah. not to get, yeah. you know, I try not to have them come out on board with bananas. But, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I've, I've had some really good days with bananas. So, I don't know. Sure. So, so tell me about the, the charter boat that you run, Dreams Come True. Um you uh, uh, you're a true charter where people rent the boat from you or are you a walk-on boat where you'll take singles and that sort of thing uh well i'm a master captains with a towing license so i could take up to six uh passengers and uh -huh. it is a uh set charter where they they hire me to take them out fishing and uh you know we have a set number of people that come on the boat which i allow six uh and, and up to, to their party and 
give them a, a you know a uh, choice to have more people or you know less people and they ended up uh, paying a little bit more per person but you know we like families to be coming aboard so people that have five or six you know maybe have two or three kids you know they still are able to enjoy our fishery so I kind of right. make it accommodating for them so yeah right. it's a it's a it's a double day um, kind of setup where I do two six hour uh, charters a day one in the morning and one in the evening. Um, you know, we leave the dock like at uh, two o'clock. We fish till dark. Right. Um, you know, and that's how we, that's how most of the guys set it up. Right. So, uh, in, in regards to the, the trip and that sort of thing, uh, what do people have to bring with them if they book a trip with you, Rick? Um, only their personal effects, you know, food and drink. We do not provide that. Um, I do have waters in case of an emergency. If, we do have people that, you know, decide not to bring anything and it's 90 degrees out and I don't want them to, you know, uh, you know, sweat to death and fall over. So, you know, I right. do provide some waters there if needed. Um, and then uh, a cooler for their catch. And when they leave it in their vehicle, because we do do all the filleting for free, uh, which is great out of our, our marina. Um, and then we, uh, we, you know, tell them to bring, you know, uh, sunglasses and, a raincoat if needed. I usually typically go over the weather with them and so they don't have to bring a lot of stuff they don't need. Um, of course, camera and, uh, you know, whatever personal effects they want to bring. Right. Um, you know, it was up to them. Got it. And then you have a, a you have a first mate on, on deck with you or is it you and the yeah. passengers? Uh, no, I do run a mate on my boat. Um, I prefer that myself, uh, you know, partly because I work the back of the boat. Um, which is not typical for a lot of charter captains. You're right. But, I mean, that's, again, where my passion comes in. And, uh, you know, and I just have, like, you know, and a lot of people, whether they believe it or not, I just I just have this sixth sense about fishing, about fish, and, and like, a connection. It's, it's hard to explain, but uh, I just have, like, this thing, you know, where it's like, you know, I, I, I think I need to go over here. and, and you know, I'll just kind of tell my mate, go to the left a little bit. I just, I got a, I got a theory or I got a, you know, I got a, a feeling and all of a sudden the rods just start moving or, you know, I, I think about something, let me put this down just for the heck of it. And, and, you know, so, um, you know, that's, that's the only thing I could say is, uh, I, I, I kind of, you know, run my mate, it helps me out he drives, which is the most important thing because without the boat going straight and, He's reading me off the electronics. I, I can't. You know, you could put you know, all kinds of things out in the back, and if they're not running at the right speed and yep. you know, in direction and stuff, you're not catching fish. So, That's electronics right. is a big deal. You know, you had mentioned it earlier about the uh, live feed on Facebook. If uh, people haven't seen that, they really need to uh, um, tune into your channel and and watch. Uh, uh, watch you work the back of the boat. It is absolutely amazing. And you're right. I mean, your passion just shows, you know, shines through back there and, and seems like you get more excited <laughs> sometimes than, than the, the people catching the fish. Well, that's cause I'm Italian. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're very, uh, we're very excitable people, you know, yes, and yes. Uh, you know, for us, uh, you know, we're loud and, and I'm loud and, and, passionate and you know I'm 
directing traffic and and the people that come with me they know after after a while that it's it's all just because I want them to be successful and land fish and you know want them to do everything right and I try to explain everything for them what to do with the rod and you know and then once they figure it out and they're 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 into it you know they're hooping and hollering and you know doubles or tripling and quadrupling and you know all the other boats around us are looking at us and you know it's it's just a lot of fun when when your boat's on and any any captain's going to tell you when your boat's on there's nothing better when when those rods are just moving you know and and, and you did your job you did your homework and and your clients couldn't be any happier i mean that's you know again that that also gives me shivers you know when you can when you can have that ending absolutely Absolutely. Well, Rick, how do people get a hold of you if they want to uh, book a trip for the 2019 season? Well, uh, a number one is uh, my website, uh, you know, dreams come true charters and, and guide service, uh, com or dreams come true charters.com. Um, yeah. you could also, uh, um, uh, go on to Facebook, uh, under the dreams come true charters. Uh, you can, you know, look me up, Rick Anthony Petchy on Facebook. Um, I also uh, do a small thing with, uh, you know, Fishing Booker. They can get a hold of me on there. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm on uh, Instagram. Uh, you know, you name it. <laughs> but uh, the biggest thing is Facebook. Yeah, Facebook and my, my own, um, you know, my own website. Right. And. And if, if somebody wants to come and fish multiple days with you, do you uh, uh, help them find a place to stay and that sort of thing too? Yeah, we have recommendations and I do work with some people around and uh, I place, uh, you know, people in, in uh, uh, accommodations, but it's up to the people to book on their own. Some people, you know, want a place to lay their head and some people want stuff that's a little bit fancier. So it's up to them to choose, you know, their choice. But I. I have a recommendations page for, uh, for the lake and river, you know, where they want to stay. And, yeah. um, you know, they seem to, you know, like where they are there. So, uh, you know, no problem. I mean, the, my website's pretty extensive. There's, you know, over 40 pages, I believe it, uh, all kinds of information. So, uh, yeah. anything they need to find there is, yeah. is on there. It's like an encyclopedia. It's really, really good. Um, and, and so the, the King season, or Chinook season, uh, same fish, by the way. Um, it, it, it sounds like that would book up very quickly. How soon do people need to start booking with you if they want to fish uh, for for uh, Chinook over this next summer? Well, my, I do have a lot of uh, bookings already from last year, but you know, I tell people all the time: do not wait. Um, call me anytime of the year. It don't matter. You can book a year in advance. You know, I have guys that book the, that, that day when they walk off the boat, they're booking their next year's trips. Um, mm -hmm. and then some people can't do that obviously, but, uh, try to call me as soon as possible. We start booking, um, brown trout, uh, as soon as the boat comes out as early as March and April, depending on when spring springs here. Um, I'm still doing the drift boat trips uh, then on the lake also if we can't get the big boat out. Right. Uh, and then salmon come in roughly around May or June in that spring kings uh, kind of spoon catching time where uh, you could catch, we call it the, 
know, catching, uh, you know, a plethora of species. So it's a, an all species catch. And then you go into July when the summer Kings start. And that's when, you know, the blistering starts where, you know, they're starting to get bigger and we got, you know, our natural spawn fish actually starting to, to, uh, get ready to start, you know, coming in closer, you know, by the 1st of August, we already got staging fish, uh, which are the spawn, the natural spawn fish, uh, and then into, um, you know, the, the hot time, which is mid August. Um, that's when all of them start coming in the hatchery fish and the the natural spawn fish being Mm -hmm. the peak time, second week of August to the second week of September that uh, four-week period-ish in that time frame is the time to be here. But, you know, unfortunately, that's also when everybody else is calling. So I have a, a lot of years that people try to get their trip in, and I just don't have any space for them. So right. call as early as you possibly can. Um, you know, and then we do night fishing on the drift boat in, in September, and then right into the salmon in the river on the drift boat. and and starts the cycle all over steelhead on the river till spring, you know, and then again with the brown trout. So then throw a little bit of walleye in there every now and then. (laughs) Absolutely. And, and of course your boat, uh, you have places on the boat or or a cabin where people get out of the rain or get out of the sun. And, uh, you're not, you're, you're not fishing in an open boat, um, and being exposed to the elements the whole time. Now, if, yeah, if, if I was, let's say, a contractor and I had a crew of guys that I wanted to bring fishing for a day, um, I know that you run a six-pack, which means you can't run more than six people out of your boat. Do you have, can you mm-hmm. make stations for larger groups? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I have uh, a an extensive amount of uh, uh, charter uh, guys that, that are my very good friends, and, um, you know, they all run boats around me, and we always uh, have people that put multiple boat trips together and it's actually a lot of fun because a lot of times it's, they make, you know, obviously the big bets on who, you know, what boat's going to land the biggest fish and, you know, yep. and it becomes a big competition, which is a lot of fun. So, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. My, I, and I chose my boat because of this fishery. It's a 28 foot bar cruiser. It's got a, a, an extended hard top on it, which, not a lot of them do, and, and it's great because you can be on it in the rain and not get soaked unless mm-hmm. you go out and have to land a fish. We have a full head on board, um, a cutty in the in the front of the boat in case you bring children along and they want to, you know, some of them maybe want to go take a nap, and we've had many days that, that families have brought younger children and, uh, you know, for our brown trout season, which is our best family-friendly fish, and, right. um, you know, utilizing the cabin and, um, you know, a lot of women come aboard and, you know, can use the bathroom downstairs, that full head. And, you know, so we, we encourage that, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. The Bajas, that, those are beautiful boats and, uh, uh they're very stable. Yeah. And safe too. They have a great platform to fish off of. It was my dream boat. Hence the dreams come true charters. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Well, Rick, thank you so much for the opportunity you, uh, that you've given us, uh, today to learn more about uh, dreams come through charters and yourself any uh, any parting thoughts before uh, the holidays start well i just want to wish everybody a, a, a merry christmas out there 
and a happy new year and, and just, uh, you know, want to wish a, a ton of blessings on everybody in the new year and, and, uh, just hope that, uh, you know, that we all go in the right direction. You know, this, there's a lot of uh, bad in this country, but there's a lot of good. So Amen. we need to band together and enjoy, enjoy life and enjoy the outdoors. You know, it's a great place to be. Absolutely. Well, tight lines, my friend. You too, Ted. I had a great time. Thank you very much for your time. You bet. Thanks, Rick.